Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We have spent the last week catching up with some people who asked us whether or not they should quit things. And so today I thought that I would bring on our producer, Ariana Nettleman, in order to think through what the themes were, what we learned about quitting this year, and things that we want to explore more in the new year. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Ariana, should I quit making this podcast? It would make me so sad. It is one of my favorite things we've ever made. I love should I quit. (laughs) Okay, wait, what do you love about it? Why do you love the show? I mean, I love this show, but I also love other things we make. You love this show. It's your favorite child. You love all your children, but it's your favorite (laughs) child. I mean, part of it is because I love you so much. I know that's not what you want to hear, but... No. I have this amazing friend, Vanessa, who I get to turn to whenever (laughs) I'm going through anything hard or thinking through any problem in my life. And so it feels so magical to offer that resource that I have (laughs) to other people. Sure. Yeah, that's great. I also think something about just sitting for an hour, paying attention to a concern that someone has inevitably unlock something. You find something new in it just by being so slow and caring and deliberate about your attention. And that feels like it's at the heart of everything we do at Not Sorry. Yeah. And so it's almost like, see, see, it works. Yeah. And I think the thing that I'm actually proudest of is that because It is a podcast, and we are aware that it can't be chaplaincy. There are certain places that I don't want to push people when it's sort of for public consumption. 
I love that we are inadvertently modeling something that you can absolutely do at home without training. And so what I hope this podcast is doing is encouraging people to offer this to a friend of like, okay, you've been talking about this for two years. We are going to set an hour timer and we are only going to talk about this. And all I will do is listen as non-judgmentally as possible and ask questions. And that's all I'm going to do for an hour. Or that people feel empowered to ask their friends for that. Because actually, I think one of the things that I'm modeling is a lack of expertise. (laughs) Yeah. And like just listening. And I love anything we can do where we're like, try this at home. I think all of our podcasts have that, right? Like sacred read at home, write a romance novel at home, read Pride and Prejudice at home. But I do think I was worried that this was going to be like, oh, really relying on all of my chaplaincy training. And it's it's not. It's just like a belief in the power of listening. And I think even though we shy away from choosing logistical questions for the show, I do believe there are some questions out there that are purely logistical. I do think a majority of the questions that nag at us are ones about who we are and who we want to be. Yeah. And we we often don't acknowledge that. Like we yeah. often don't spend the time to take a step deeper and go, what's at stake in this question for me? And I, even though I don't think holding that space for a friend needs like a whole training and chaplaincy, I think just an awareness of that question of being like, okay, how can I push my friend to ask the what's at stake <laughs> right. thing. I mean, I think you really just ask them as like the fourth question. Once you understand the f- scope of the problem, what's at stake here for you? Yeah. I The other thing I just want to say a little like how the sausage gets made thing. The other thing that we don't do on the podcast is address things that we are concerned is actually mental health related. Right. And I do think that those are conversations that friends can have gently. And it's a kind of conversation that we are not modeling, which is like, this sounds like it might be clinical anxiety. I am not a therapist, so I don't know. But like, it might be worth talking about with your nurse practitioner, right? Like, I just want to say to people, I do think that there are moments that you can say that to a friend of like, this is above my pay grade as a friend. The intervention isn't, why are you worried about that? The intervention is, you're worried about this a lot. I'm worried it might be anxiety related. Yeah. (laughs) I do think it's important when that alarm bell goes off to not try to diagnose, but to offer a reflection of like, I think this might be something you need professional help on and I'm just going to love you through it. Yeah. So we've done this forward-looking thing about how we think people can be taking Should I Quit and doing it at home with the people they love. But I want to take a second and look backwards to where we've been this year. And actually, this is not the first time we've had a conversation looking back at Should I Quit. We did the same thing exactly a year ago. We were only seven episodes into the series. (laughs) You and I got on the mics. And talked about how I hadn't had anyone quit yet. It was an intervention. I was like, How's it going? Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, many, many more episodes under our belt. How's it going? I I have told people to quit this year. You'd have. Good job. (laughs) I mean, I have helped people excavate for themselves that the right thing to do is quit. I really don't think I'm like quit very often. 
The thing that I have learned this year is that a lot of people are wondering whether or not to quit things that did used to be good for them, that did Mm -hmm. serve a purpose in their lives at one point, and they are wondering whether or not it is still serving a purpose. So like Rebecca, mom Instagram made her feel a sense of community for a while when she was a brand new mom. And it, like, gave her advice and a place to go. And then she was wondering if it was still helpful. Rob asked us if he should quit listening to podcasts about addiction. Those podcasts were really helpful to him for a really long time. Or Sammy, right? Karate was really healthy for Sammy for a really long time. And I just find that fascinating, right? That sometimes it is that circumstances have changed. Something happened at Sammy's dojo. But other times it's just that, people have changed, right? Like Rob sort of potentially outgrew this and this thing that was good for him was turning potentially bad for him. And I love that people are like pausing and reflecting on that and noticing that it's possible that they have changed or a circumstance has changed. And it's sort of just time to move on. It's not that they made a mistake. It's just time to move on. Yeah. I mean, I think a big thing that has emerged over the course of our work together is your theology around grief. And something that I've really noticed in these Should I Quit episodes is the particularity of different kinds of grief. Mm -hmm. That sometimes the grief is this world sucks and I have to live in it or Mm -hmm. something really unfair happened to me. But sometimes the grief is just everything changes. So I think what you're talking about is is like coming to terms with living in time. Yeah. And that's so hard. Like it sounds like, yeah, we live in time, but actually the reality of dealing with it is really hard. Oh, my 15-year-old just didn't come over for dinner because she had a party to go to. And I was like, I knew this day was coming. (laughs) But should we have emotionally stunted her so she wouldn't want to go to parties and would want to come over to dinner with us? I'm sure we have emotionally stunted her. But should we have done it with more intention? Yeah. It sucks. Like, and this is good development. We want her to need us less and to be relying on her friends and her community because she's going to go out in the world. And we want that. And Mm -hmm. yet it's sad. (laughs) Like, I missed her at dinner. Being alive is so sad, Vanessa. I know. And it's just like, even when it's going well, it's sad, right? Like, I want this for Ellen and I hate it. And so I think that there's just constant grief, even when everything is going well. One of the themes that I've noticed is really related to that, and I'm not sure I've cracked how to think about it yet, but we've had several people come on the podcast and ask the question, like, should I just accept that I'm going to fail at this? We had Katie who asked, should I stop trying to get my book published? We had Penny Joe asking, should I stop trying to be a rock star? Even your friend Brooke, should I quit my yoga subscription? (laughs) Right? There's some element of I'm failing at something. Am I just going to be okay with that? Oh my God, Shira, should I quit trying to get my driver's license. Shira got her driver's license, everyone. Did we announce that? On social media, we did, yes. Okay, good. That's so interesting, right? Let's think about Shira and Brooke. Because Brooke 
on the phone. We were like, cancel your flipping yoga subscription. And we did it on air. Right. We were like, you're never going to do it. And that's okay. (laughs) We love you for never doing it. Whereas Shira, we were like, dude, you can do this. And she went and she did. Right. So how do you know when to be realistic and be like, hey, this thing I've been trying for, I just have to to change how I'm thinking about it because it's not working out versus like, how do you be resilient in the face of a little bit of failure and keep working towards something that's important to you? Yeah, I don't have an answer to that. (laughs) Like, I don't think I have a rule. What would my rule be? And maybe that's the thing we need to interrogate. There can't be a rule for the complicated, messy things of life. Uh, I want there to be a rule. I love a rule. At least a guiding principle. I The key question to me that I have learned is a key question in the last year is, is it hurting you? <laughs> like, which yeah. would hurt you more? Would it f- f- make you feel free to be like, I'm not going to do this anymore? Or would it just like weigh on you? And to trust that like, if you keep checking in on yourself, like that might change over time. I think it is entirely possible that when my godchildren are a little older, Brooke starts a yoga subscription and uses it three nights a week. And so the right now of it all, mm. or for now, for now of it all, yeah, I think is important to keep in mind and that breaks are okay. Yeah. Which mythology about yourself is serving you better in this moment? In this moment, I really want to tell myself a story that I am a kind of person who sticks with things and won't get beaten down by these ridiculous systems. Or I'm the kind of person in this moment who needs a little bit more freedom, needs a little bit more time. I need to offer myself grace. And so I love that, thinking about not just the future, but the present. Right. And just everything changes. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, your kids are going to grow up and leave the house. You are going to have more money or less money. You're going to have more time or less time. There's going to be a period of your life where you're not allowed to leave the house because your ankle's broken and <laughs> it's winter time and you might slip on the ice. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, there might be two months where you're not allowed to really leave the house. And like suddenly you have this different time. And so just sort of counting on that. I think is important. Well, that leads me to the two tools that I've really seen you use this year that I want to call out and name because I think they're so helpful. The first is like kind of like what you're saying, remembering that everything is temporary and that you could come back to things. So you often ask, well, can you just take a break from that and see how you feel? Which I think is something like really hard for people to wrap their heads around as a possibility. Yeah, I think we only take a break when we have to sometimes, right? So for our listeners who don't know, I had ankle surgery a couple of weeks ago and I found a tremendous amount of freedom. People have invited me to do things that would require travel. And I was like, I can't. For four months, I like cannot get on a plane and I cannot drive. And I have really loved that pause And I've been getting more writing done and I've been reading a ton and like that's all been really fun. And so I just wonder what we can do artificially, not wait for the Mm. ankle surgery to like institute that of like, actually, I'm not traveling 
December and January. I'm just not. It's the seventh year. We're letting our fields go fallow or whatever. Exactly. It's jubilee. It's hiatus. And it's so hard to set up that limit for yourself. Yeah. I want us to do these things without breaking our ankles. Yeah. There's this just like belief that if you can, you should. And that is not true. Yeah. And I think the thing about a time in which you're stepping away is it's hard to know what's on the other side because hopefully it's transformative. Hopefully the rest creates possibility that you can't see right now. You have to invest in something you can't see. Yeah. One of the things that Casper Turk Kyle, who used to co-host this podcast with me, taught me that I think about all the time is that a medieval definition of sloth included busy work Hmm. that like work for work's sake, work without thought and intention is a form of sloth. Wow. Because resting is work. It's hard. It is like letting thoughts that you weren't expecting into your head or feelings that you didn't know were in you to come out, right? That, That staying still is hard. Yeah. I think in Judaism, it, it's clear in Orthodox Judaism because there's so much preparation that goes into the Sabbath mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to cook and you're not allowed to turn on lights, right? Like getting ready for the Sabbath is a ton of work. And so, yeah, it, it's getting ready for a break is really hard. And part of what's hard about it is that you don't know what's going to happen on the break. All of this feels related to the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is the power of imagination. And I think what we've been Mm. circling is like how scary it is when you can't picture the future. Yeah. But I also think you often rely heavily on the imagination that we can create when you're talking to people on Should I Quit? You say, okay, picture yourself in 10 years this way. Now picture yourself in 10 years that way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I think you and I are both surprised by how effective that is. Absolutely. And it is a tool that I've like brought into my own life. I think that this is something we know when we're little. I used to, at restaurants, tell my dad, whatever, I'm choosing between a hamburger and chicken McNuggets. And then I would tell him, tell me that I have to order chicken McNuggets. And he'd say, you have to order chicken McNuggets. And sometimes I'd be like, you're right, I do. And other times I'd be like, no, I want a hamburger. And like sometimes we just only know in our bodies and so need need something to force us into our bodies in yeah. that way right like test driving the car whatever it is walking around the neighborhood that you're thinking about living in can put you in touch with some gut inside you a different kind of knowing yeah exactly a different kind of knowing that is a little woo-woo for like <laughs> how I walk through the world and yet it just like seems so effective. Yeah. And I I do think it's kind of important to trust that. Like what's going to spark joy in you? I guess it's like a little Marie Kondo but like with things in your life, not just items. Right, it's the act of holding the item in the Marie Kondo world. <laughs> You can't just think about, oh, this, that, I don't know. Do I like that? You've got to hold it. Yep. 
And like sometimes it's okay to just hold it in your imagination. Because the versions of our future, that's the only way we can do it. Yeah, it's not a shirt. So thanks for helping me figure that out a little better. Yeah, I'm really excited in the next year to be thinking about what imagination can and can't offer us, where our imagination fails us. I'm so excited for Should I Quit 2024. (laughs) So am I. And I just really want to thank everyone who's been on the show and just everyone who has submitted a question. These, These submissions are like such acts of vulnerability and hope. It is really hard for us to say no to certain questions just because we like know they won't make good audio. And so I want to encourage anyone who we've said, no, we don't think this would be a good podcast to turn to a friend and send them an episode and be like, they actually record for an hour to come up with this. Can you please set a timer with me and give me an hour? The other thing that you can do is sign up for our one-on-one chaplaincy. We offer something called literary chaplaincy. We have two amazing chaplains, Taylor Bueller and Rebecca Ledley. And they are so trained and skilled at holding space for questions like this. And actually, speaking of Rebecca, last year when we had this conversation, you were like, oh, I was just talking to my friend Rebecca about how to listen generously. You brought all of this wisdom from Rebecca. And we thought, let's have Rebecca actually talk to you this year <laughs> on the end of your reflection. So here's that little section of your conversation that you had. Rebecca, you've been a part of various like listening circles, and now you're leading this mom literary chaplaincy circle that I know is really based around listening. And I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about what it means to gather in order to listen. I think offering someone deep listening is one of the deepest acts of like care and compassion that you can offer to another person. I also feel like as a mom that no one ever listens to me, not even Siri. (laughs) (laughs) And so I found it really incredibly just wonderful to be deeply listened to. So I've enjoyed being a part of one group of spiritual directors. And each week someone has the opportunity to share what's really going on with their heart or person or challenge. And a group of incredibly wise women listen with them into that story and then offer after some time of silence, either some affirmations or questions, never judgment, never advice. And it's just really powerful how listening to someone's story and then affirming them how healing that can be. Something that I've realized in doing Should I Quit for a while now is the main thing that I offer people is just listening and having no skin in the game on what happens. And so my theory is that people don't feel comfortable asking for that, saying to someone like, can we please just talk about this one thing for an hour? And like, can you please 
just listen and not talk about yourself at all, not tell me a story about you, but like just listen. Yeah. And yeah, I just like, I feel like one of the things I hope that your work with members of our community and then should I quit is like teaching people that that's an okay thing to ask for or an okay thing to offer of like, I'm just going to listen even for 15 minutes. It can just be such a gift. And it's actually really hard to listen deeply. Technology demands. That's the way we've I've orchestrated my life is very hectic. And so to really turn and give someone your full attention and to show up for them with listening ears takes practice. I think that one of the things that I've done that's like best trained me for chaplaincy was creative writing workshops where the professors would always say, you can't give feedback based on the story you wish they were writing. You have to like really try to like listen for the story that they want to write. And sometimes I'll say that to myself if I'm finding myself getting like emotionally pulled in on someone else's question. I'm like, oh, I know what I want you to do. Then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Like, this isn't your story. This isn't your life. It's almost like a form of meditation listening, right? It's like you're recentering yourself again and again. You're noticing that you're getting pulled out and pulled into your own thoughts. And then you're like, nope, let me refocus on you. Not about me. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, it is. It's a deeply spiritual thing to like hand yourself over to someone else by listening and then also by sharing, right? It's like a deeply mutual thing in that way. Right. I usually prefer listening. I don't like the sharing part. (laughs) (laughs) Too vulnerable. (laughs) Have you found that to be true in the listening circle that you're part of? Does that feel like a a safer space to share? Are you like even there? It's just hard. No, I think actually that would be the one exception. It's just really unique and actually like a really beautiful use of technology. We meet on Zoom And it was people from all across the country and even another country. And so we were able to come together without knowing each other and commit to really showing up to listen deeply to one another. And we could listen with an openness because we weren't friends or family or we didn't need anything from each other. And the wisdom of the group, you know, definitely emerged and the space after the listening and the affirmations, people have so much inner wisdom and spiritual resources and it felt really sacred. Yeah. So Rebecca, you are one of the wisest and most compassionate people I know. And definitely just like one of the most reflective chaplains I know, like you're just always trying to sort of hone your skills as a chaplain. I am wondering what advice you have for me as I keep talking to people on should I quit? Like as you listen to people make big decisions, are there things that you have found helpful in holding space for people? I feel like I've been too prescriptive. Hmm. I love bossing people around. Well, I think offering someone silence after they have shared something with you 
without immediately jumping in to questions or advice or did you think of this or what about this? Like just offering silence, I think in a way is offering a blessing to that person and what they said. I think silence also offers people who aren't fast processors or quick thinkers to kind of think about if they have more to say, if they feel finished. I'm a slow processor, if you hadn't noticed. (laughs) One of my favorite stories that I've heard about chaplaincy, I'm sure I've told it before. During my clinical pastoral education in my group, there was a rabbi who talked about visiting a couple where the wife was dying and was asleep and the husband told the rabbi their story of what was happening with his wife and how they don't talk to their daughter. And it was just like this really complicated, tragic story. And the rabbi said to our group, and I had no idea what to say. So I was just sitting there like scrambling in my head, being like, what midrash can I offer? Like, what can I say to this person? And he accidentally just didn't say anything for a minute. And then the man said, thank you so much, Rabbi, for not saying anything because there really just is nothing to say. Yeah, just like sitting there, this man like felt heard. I wonder if something about the silence, you, if you're offering that listening space to someone, you know, by holding the silence, you're somehow acknowledging that they have the internal spiritual resources that they need to confront or deal with whatever's going on. It's not, you don't have the answer. You don't, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of the work that you do. I know you spend a, a lot of your life in spiritual discernment and I just admire that so much. And I'm really excited for all of the moms that get to be part of your listening circle. And you can find out more about that at notsorryworks.com. But I'm so grateful that you came on and talked today as someone who prefers to listen. Thank you. Okay, Vanessa, that's our episode. We are taking a week off and then we will be back with another Should I Quit question on January 9th. I can't wait. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is almost entirely funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you are a regular listener to this show, we would love if you helped us make it and head over to our Patreon, where we also have a bunch of lovely bonus perks. Another way that you can support the show is just by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod, where you will find things out like Shira got her driver's license. We love thanking our amazing BFF tier patrons, Molly Reilly, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, and Shannon Sheehan. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Caitlin Hoffmeister. We are edited and produced by Ariana Nettleman, and our music is by Nick Bull. We are distributed by Acast. 
A special thanks to Rebecca Ludley for joining us today. And thank you so much to Lacey, Fran, Ellie, and Emily for coming on and catching up with us. Thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, AJ Aramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Willison, Courtney Brown, Natalie Folkerts, Casper Turkile, Stephanie Paulsell, and for the last time, because she is moving on from Not Sorry Productions, Lara Glass. Thanks everyone, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Hey Vanessa, when we were on the phone earlier, we were singing <laughs> the credits music for this show. Do you want to do it again with me? I think you and I think the credits music is different. Okay, I'm going to try and then you go. <laughs> okay, go. What do you think it is? No, that was pretty close. <laughs> I, you can't make me do this. No, please. I, wanna, I need a raise. <laughs> please. I would just go do, 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 do. Do, do. And it's like very reading rainbow. Perfect. (laughs) I hate you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.